the Hey Dad podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad podcast, where you join me and my father as we talk about the many questions of life. I am Reese Maxwell. And I am David Maxwell. And let's go ahead and dive in with the question of the day. Um, So this one, usually we talk about our favorite thing and what we like the best, but today we're mixing it up. What is the worst meal you've ever had? That's a hard one for me. Um, Because I can't think of one meal, but I will, I'll do this. When, right after I first got married, my wife and I, your mom, we lived in a trailer Mm-hmm. And it was behind a church. And behind the trailer was this giant dip. Like the ground went down to like a railroad track. Yeah. So if we threw food out, instead of throwing it in the garbage, we just throw it out the back door for the animals to eat. <laughs> I don't know. We're a country, I guess. Mississippi living. In Mississippi living. Throw it out at the animals. <laughs> but we, for some reason, we did that. And so we did this thing where we were trying to get better at cooking. So we would practice cooking meals together. And our thing was, if a meal was bad, our, we would say, okay, that's pizza night. Mm. So we had some bad meals we made. Like yeah. one, we didn't understand uh, basically cayenne pepper. Uh, and we put too much in a recipe. <laughs> One, we put too much salt, and we just throw those out the back door and go get a like a Little Caesars five dollar cheap pizza. Yes, sir. And and so those were probably some of the meals to where you know we tried some stuff that just were nasty. Yeah. And we're like, okay, it's a pizza night. Oof. Yeah. So yours was something that you made, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it's actually you were here for this meal. Um, as a family, we were going around Jackson to try different kinds of food. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, let's mix it up. We're going to try Indian. And we'd heard that there was this Indian place called Spice Avenue. And it was it was real. Like, everybody said it was great. So we went. And y'all, I don't remember who lied to us. But it was not great. It wasn't. We, we, we oh. went. And let's be real. We're open-minded people when it comes to food. Um, our family tries pretty much anything and I have had Indian food since then that has been good, but this place was not, it was, uh, it was like this buffet style kind of thing. And all the food was real, just not good in flavor. The best thing there was what was called butter chicken, which just sounds like it's not that good. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that good, but it was the best thing there. So when we when we ate there, we were like, I guess we just don't like Indian food because this yeah. is all gross. But praise the Lord, later down the line, I got to eat at a good Indian restaurant and I realized it was Spice Avenue's fault. Yeah, I had forgotten about that place. I think I blocked that from my memory. <laughs> it was so because because at the end you have this horrible meal and you pay like 50 bucks Oof. and you're just like, that hurts me on the inside. Yeah, I just wasted money. I know. But that was probably the worst, worst meal I've ever had just in terms of. I had high expectations. Yeah, you know? we did. We like, did. We were pumped. Yeah, because we we'd eaten Thai food before, and if you haven't had Thai, it is some of the best food you'll ever put in your great. mouth. But uh, Indian just was not in that case. No, it wasn't our thing. So uh, anyway, that is the question of the day.
Now that we're moving into our topic, uh, we've been talking about insecurity this past month, and today we're talking about the key role that healthy friendships have in security. Yeah. Um, a big thing about being secure is it doesn't come from you. Uh, you don't just magically become secure because you want to be. Uh, we've all probably tried that before. You saw it in a million Disney movies. It's not reality. Uh, it's a journey that yeah. ultimately God and people have a big role in. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about having healthy friendships. The importance of having friends is pretty clear because a lot of people that struggle with loneliness are people that struggle with insecurity. When yeah. people don't have a lot of close friends. Would you agree with that? I would. I think a lot of people have friends that are more of either acquaintances or they have friendships where they're trying to impress. Mm. And I think when you have a close friend, that's that person that you can actually be yourself with. Right. And I think our society is kind of missing that because we have a lot of surface level relationships where I'm going to hang around them because they make me look good or things like that. Like since I coach men, a lot of men will date women more to try and impress their friends mm. than anything else. Golly. They date a woman based on her looks because he wants his other guy friends to be impressed with him because yeah. it makes him look good, yeah. which is kind of jacked up in its thinking. But that's what a lot of guys do. They date you know, the trophy girlfriend mm-hmm. because they want the trophy in front of other friends, Wow, which is horrible, but it's just what they do. And I think a yeah. lot of people today have friendships that it's more people they're trying to impress and look good in front of, mm-hmm. and they can't just be themselves. So that makes them realize that I don't really have any close friends. Yeah. And, and I would say it's the same thing for guys and girls. Because mm-hmm. like I had a I had a friend one time in high school and he was as nice as you can be, like just a super good guy, super strong, like Christian dude, just talking. And I went to like, I got to know him in one class and we started a different class and there were different people in that class. And he was cussing up a storm he was cussing up like a sailor like he could have he could have hung out with the best of them he was like it was samuel l jackson level and i was like what happened and it's because he got around different people and he stepped into the role as one of the boys yeah you know he was like so basically you just got to make a bunch of sex jokes and cuss all the time yeah you know and and i was just like whoa but then there the same thing happens with girls in terms of like i think we've all seen that person on instagram that she's with her like sorority friends or whatever. Yeah. And they all look the same. They do. Or like you see the popular group of girls and each one of them's wearing the same style, mm-hmm. same hair, same makeup from the same brands. They talk about the same shows. Yeah. You're filling a role. Yeah. Those aren't close friendships. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it is. I think we've gotten to where we just move from role to role. Mm-hmm. And the reason we feel lonely and we feel insecure as we don't really know who we are because we're always playing a role for someone else. Yeah. And I remember last week, somebody asked a question about uh, getting out of the friend zone. Mm -hmm. And a a lot of it, I think is because he was trying to fill a role. Yeah, I Um, think so. And and so that's, that doesn't make up for good friendships. I think good friendships are ones where you can be different and that's okay, but you enjoy time around each other. Yeah. I I think think so. We could all agree that loneliness is a pretty big epidemic as well. I mean, uh, yeah. loneliness, uh, we looked up some statistics on loneliness, and it's, it is linked to depression and anxiety scores, uh, very closely related. And then loneliness also remains pervasive in societies that use social media. Mm. Whenever a society is very big into social media, yeah. loneliness spikes up. 
why do you think that is? I think it's it's because we're always comparing. Mm. And I think it's just our human nature to compare ourselves. Or, you know, like if you're sitting home on a Friday night by yourself and you're going through a feed and everybody out there is doing stuff or posting mm-hmm. about stuff, you know, you're like, oh, what a loser I am. Yeah. I've even seen videos on, on TikTok <clears throat> where people are like, you know, here I am on a Friday night, home alone, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and it's just... That's what you you feel. You feel like everybody's got a better life than you. Everybody yeah. does better than you. Yeah. And I think that just adds to our lonely feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But I, th- I think having good close friendships is part of the antidote to that. It is. Which we understand. But that's it's kind of hard to have those. It is. Just because it's easier to just fill a role. It's easier yeah. to just play a part. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what's going to satisfy. So I'm wondering why are close friendships so important for for health for for peace and for the security we've been talking about yeah i think friendships bring a sense of security because you have someone who is your friend who cares for you and maybe knows the real you right the good the bad the ugly and they're still your friend yeah when you have that person in your corner there's just something that encourages you with it. That's true. You know, you could say, even if everybody else hates me, my best friend Joe is always there for me. Yeah. You know, even when I'm an idiot, you know, he'll come up and say, hey, you're being an idiot, yeah. you know, and help me calm down. Yeah. You know, it's that friend you can go to and kind of vomit emotionally of everything that's going on. And they'll listen. Yeah. And they'll just hang out with you. And that's important. Yeah, I think it is. I remember seeing a... Uh, Back when Vine was a thing, man, that makes me sound old. But I remember seeing a video that said uh, the difference between a friend and a best friend. And there was these two people walking and uh, a friend, you know, one tripped and the other one was like, oh, are you okay? But then it said a best friend and he tripped and the other person was like, (laughs) and then jumped on him and like started kicking him and stuff. And and it's like uh, when you have a good friend. Yeah. You guys can just laugh at each other's flaws and your own flaws and then move on because it's really not that big of a deal. You get to be like, oh, man, I'm terrible at this. Or, oh, man, that was funny. You said something dumb. And it's not tearing each other down. It's Mm -hmm. just acknowledging that stuff and then moving forward. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think a lot of people don't have it. And so they're missing that security in their life. Because it helps you look beyond yourself. Mm -hmm. Like whenever we're by ourselves, we very much tend to get focused on me. Yeah. You know, like how am I feeling? How am I doing? Like what you talked about with the illustration of social media. Like when you're in the room by yourself, you're thinking, here I am in the room by myself. It's only me. Yeah. Everybody else is having a good time, but I'm here. Yeah. But if you're out with people, you're just thinking about, you know, the joke or the story that the friend's telling or whatever. So it kind of helps shift our view from all about us to others. Yeah, and I think that's important because when you when you have other people, you you can think outside of yourself. Plus, you have that good friend who can kind of speak truth to you. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just need someone to say, "Hey, you're being a jerk." Yeah, and you're like, "Yeah, you're right. I'm being a jerk." And and I think having that friend do that is important because they give you that outside perspective. The people who aren't your close friends, they'll think that, but they won't tell you. That's true. But they'll go tell everybody else. Oof, that's true. And and you wonder why does nobody like me anymore. Um, you need someone who comes up and says, okay, you're being, you're being ugly and you just need to stop. That's a good friend. Yeah. I think you're right. I'm having some revelations here in the middle of this (laughs) podcast. Um, I'm looking mind blown over here. 
we've established that close friendships are vital for, mm-hmm. for security, for health. But the question is, how do you find or build close friendships? Like, how do you either take an acquaintance and make them a good friend? Yeah. Or, or how do you find people that have the potential to be good friends? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it starts with your expectations. Mm. You know, and a friend is not someone who caters to your every whim. That's true. That's a servant. Ooh. What what you want is someone who it's kind of back and forth. You both help each other. Uh-huh. And I think sometimes they think, okay, this person is going to be my best buddy, which means we're going to spend 24 hours a day together. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. That's, that's not what friends are. Yeah. Friends are that even if you maybe for a while can't be around each other, when you get together, you connect. Yeah. And I think having that expectation that your friend is there to help you, but you're there to help them too. That's true. It's not just all about you. I think we have to have that expectation going into friendships or we'll expect too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it can be the same issue with relationships in terms of like, sometimes we expect our friends to complete us Yeah. or to be our rock. You yeah. know, if my life's going crazy, you're the one that I can depend on. You're the person. Like nobody wants to be in that position. That's yeah. God's position. Yeah. <laughs> nobody yeah. wants to be God. That's too much pressure. You yeah. know, it's a he, lot of pressure. only he can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like if somebody makes you their rock, like that's scary. So yeah. walking in with healthy expectations, I, I agree is really important. Yeah. And I think the other thing is seasons of friendship mm-hmm. to where understand that there may be a season where you have a really close friend but then life changes. Yeah. You know, like your best friend in elementary school probably wasn't your best friend in junior high or high school. They may have been, but then maybe college happened or life happened. You got married, you moved. And so seasons have different friends sometimes mm-hmm. and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, the one person doesn't have to be your best friend for life. That's true. They can be your your best friend for the season, your close friend for the season. But as seasons change, allow your friendships to change. Yeah, I think that is important because whenever we allow those seasons to come and go, it almost gives you freedom to to move on in your life Mm -hmm. Uh, and and to know that that doesn't mean that you failed. Like, oh, this was we were so close in college and now we're not close. I I'm a terrible person or, you you know, it's it's allowing that like that's just part of life. Um, I think. Time with each other is the food of any good friendship. Yeah. It's like what nurtures it. And it so does. if you just don't have as much time with them, it's going to be hard to uh, to have that close friendship. Well, and sometimes your old friends, you get back together with them. Like I have friends from high school and college. We were all together through that time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we all got married. We moved and all kinds of things happened. But whenever we get back together... Yeah. It's just instant. Yeah. You know, I was at a class reunion last year and connected with my best friend, roommate in college. And it was like, you know, no no big deal. We were talking about stuff, enjoying, and it was just a great time. Mm -hmm. And I think that you get to have those people Mm -hmm. all over when you have those different seasons of friendships. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, ironically, like like we talked about last week, not worrying about it Mm -hmm. as, as hard. Yeah. You, there's a difference between being intentional and being afraid. Yeah, that's you know? true. That's like good. some people want to become friends because they're scared of being lonely. And, mm-hmm. and that's not the way to do it. Yeah. Being intentional means like, hey, I'm going to take action to build good quality relationships. Yeah. 
But ultimately, that's not what sustains me. That's just part of it. It's mm-hmm. a good part, but it's not the whole. You yeah. Know? Like we talked about, only Christ can ultimately fill that role. Yeah, definitely. But friends make it a lot better. They do. Makes uh, life enjoyable. I know for for myself, I got to build a really good friendship with a friend during quarantine. <laughs> Ironically, mm-hmm. like in 2020, uh, when everything kind of went crazy, we had just started a small group semester. And uh, it was for young adults. And I had some friends, uh, their names are Sean and Sienna. And I had seen them around at church. And I always thought to myself, man, those are some cool people. Let's, uh, we should totally invite them to our group. Invited them, had like one session and then COVID hit, you know, so we couldn't hang at all. So I was like, oh, well, what do we do? But uh, as time went along, we eventually got to the point to where we were able to have a game night at our house and just play some cards. And I invited some friends that I was already really close with and invited them and they came and we had a great time. And sometimes just having fun together yeah. can start a good friendship. It does. And now they're, they're amongst some of my best friends here in Jackson. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's all because we just said, hey, let's hang out. Yeah. You know, like, like that can happen. It's yeah. possible. Let's kind of discuss like the practicality of that. Like somebody's like, well, I don't have a house to have a game night at. What yeah. do I do to make good friendships? Yeah. Well, what would you say to them? I would say first, I would start with um, work on being a good friend to someone else. And don't just look for people to be your friend. Mm. You know, if you go into the attitude of, you know, what can I do to help someone else? Mm-hmm. I think that that's a good start because you want to be a friend first, mm-hmm. not try to find friends. Because, you know, if someone walks up to you and says, hey, do you want to be best friends for life? You run away. That's scary. Terrifying. Yeah. You don't <laughs> you don't want to bear that. So I think I think be that person who, uh, hey, how are you doing? Let me let me check on you. And then I think also find ways to have fun with people. That's usually how friendships start. Yeah. You end up having a shared interest, something you enjoy, uh, time of life, things like that. I would look for those people. Yeah. I would I would agree. Friendships, whenever you get into the habit of giving, mm-hmm. the irony is if you both give to each other, yeah. you'll both end up receiving. That's true. Like it's pretty wild. Like yeah. Like if uh, let's say I'm not a huge clothes person, right? I can wear the same outfit for the rest of my life and I'm fine as long as it's comfortable. Yeah. That's my policy. Comfort's a thing. But like Sean, for example, he likes clothes, mm-hmm. and I like video games. He doesn't care about video games. Like if I spend 50 bucks to get him a thing of clothes and he spends $50 to get me a game, then we both not only receive the thing that we wanted, Yeah. you receive something more. Like when somebody gives you something, it means something to you. Yeah. Whereas like if I bought myself the video game and he bought himself the clothes, that's like really cool, good. you got the object, Yeah. but that's it. You yeah. know, you, you got the thing. Mm-hmm. But ironically, if we give to each other, it's like you both receive more. Yeah. Than if you had just taken care of yourself. Yeah. And friendship works the same way, I feel like. When, I when so. you really focus on giving to the other person and they're a person that's healthy enough to also focus on giving to you, Yeah, both of your needs are met. And, and it's like this dynamic, almost like it's better to give than to receive. It's almost like what Jesus <laughs> what, said was true. What a surprise. It's, what it's a surprise. wild. Uh but I mean, we, we got to talk about the person that is the epitome of being a good friend um, in, in, uh, in the movie world. 
Yes. And that's Samwise Gamgee. Samwise Gamgee. Samwise Gamgee. Yep. Like, so the, the thing today is be a Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. Because uh, Sam literally saved the world by being a good friend. Yeah, by being a friend. And all, and all he was about was making sure that Frodo was taken care of. He, he wasn't interested in trying to do his own thing. And he, he wasn't even an impressive person in and of itself. Yeah. He was a gardener. Yep. But just because he loved a brother... Mm-hmm. And, and and took care of him and helped him and was there for him. He ended up literally moving mountains and yeah. uh, saving the world. And it, it shows that we don't have to be a superhuman mm-hmm. to be a, a super good friend. Yeah, a good friend is just someone who cares about another person and is, is willing to sacrifice for that person. Yep. Not that, you know, you say, well, what if someone abuses you? Well, that's not a friend. Yeah. Some, if someone's abusing your sacrifice, that's not a friend. But if you're mm-hmm. doing it willingly and, and they're on the other end reciprocating, because everybody has those seasons. There's times you need someone to help you mm-hmm. and there's times you need to help someone. That's yep. what a good friend does. Yeah, I think you're right. And that starts with what we talked about, being real, yeah, having good expectations, mm-hmm. and then being selfless. Yeah. So I, I think that those are some of the key things to build close friendships that contribute to a life where you can live in security. Yeah, I think so. Because you're looking beyond yourself, Mm -hmm. which I think is a big part of it. Yeah. We want to move into our question and answers session today. Uh, We've actually got three questions that we've picked for the day. Um, Question number one, what is your favorite sport? Um, my favorite sport is because I played it for a long time is football. I'm yeah. a big football fan. Um, college football is my favorite. And, uh, I mean, I like most any football, but I don't just sit and watch it all weekend. Right. Um, but I enjoy it. It's a sport I knew. It's a sport I played. So that's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Football is cool. And I mean, it's the South. Let's yeah. be real. In the South, football reigns supreme. Yep. Football is like it the is. thing. There's no doubt. Uh, to be honest, I'm not a huge sports person. Uh, I'm not really, I don't really watch sports very often. Mm-hmm. The only time I do is if I'm with people that like, it's a big deal. They're watching an important game and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll watch this with you guys. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if I were to watch a sport for fun, it would be tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, I played tennis in high school, really enjoyed it. And I still enjoy playing it today whenever we get a chance. But uh, what I like about watching it on TV is every point is a battle. Mm-hmm. Every every back and forth, it, it's like you're you're fighting for each thing. You yeah. know, like sometimes I struggle with watching stuff like soccer or yeah. Uh, yeah. hockey, mm-hmm. where you only score like once or twice yeah. in the entire game. But in tennis, you have to score that many times, and each point is one hundred percent. You is what you have to give. Yeah, that's a good point. So I always watch, like watching like Federer. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's probably one of my favorites and then Djokovic and Nadal, like some of the classics yeah. are, it's really cool to see them work in their element. Yeah. Um, our next question is somebody said, I'm on my phone all the time, but I don't know what else to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else seems boring. How do I change that? That's good. Um, the phone, I think everybody knows the phone can be addictive, uh, as far as time. And I'm not blaming the phone. It's just the reality. Uh, everybody's probably done, well, let me look at something for a minute. And then right. an hour later, they're still on their phone. Right. 
I think the key is to find something that you enjoy. First of all, a lot of people think that, you know, okay, I'm not going to be on my phone. So let me go do something boring. Let me go do something I hate. Yeah, I'm going to stare or, at a wall for two hours. Yeah, yeah. Find a <laughs> hobby, find something else that's outside of your phone that yeah. you enjoy. It, maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's maybe you're like a Samwise and you like to garden. Uh, maybe you do stuff that's creative. Mm -hmm. Find something. And, and you may have to test market a lot of things. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're going to like every one of them. Like, yeah. you know, I could easily say, just go read. Yeah. But some people can't stand reading or they, they like can't it. read for more than two minutes. So I think it's a thing of find that thing you like to do. Right. You know, keep looking. I mean, there's a zillion hobbies out there. Yeah. Some are more creative, some are this. And it may just be spending time with people doing something. Yeah. You know, uh, like my dad loves to go whitewater uh, kayaking. Oh. And he's done it for a long time. And uh, it's just something he enjoys doing. Gets out of the house. He and friends go do it. Some of them have been doing it for years together. Yeah. So I think you want to find those things that you enjoy doing. And then getting away from your phone is not something you have to do. That's important. It's something that you're just doing. Yeah. That's true. Because the key is finding the things that you do enjoy so there's not just a bunch of empty space. Exactly. Like nobody wants to have three hours of having nothing to do at all. Yeah. But if you have something that you enjoy, mm -hmm. then you can do that instead. Yeah. Um, and it, it becomes less of a chore and more of a joy. Yeah. And I agree with dad. Like if you're going through that journey yourself, see it as an adventure. Like you have the freedom to test whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to do this in October. I did something. Uh, there's a great book I read uh, called Digital Minimalism. It's by Cal Newport. I highly recommend it if you're really wanting to do that. Because what he recommends is taking like a month where you get off of all optional media. And during that month, you have this giant list you choose to make of what you think you might be interested in. And you just test stuff out. Yeah. And so you're just you're just saying, okay, maybe I like this. Maybe I like that. And I remember when I was starting it, I was actually really excited because I was like, there's other options. Yeah. It almost feels like everything else isn't a good option. Yeah. But once you take media out of the picture for just a little while, not permanently, I watch plenty of stuff now, but uh, for just a little while, you can realize like other stuff can be cool. You know, other yeah. stuff can be enjoyable. Uh, so I would encourage you guys to do that. Uh, final thing, which is really good. What's the best career advice that you've ever received? Mm, um, probably the best career advice we got. Uh, had just gotten married and hadn't had kids yet, so you weren't here yet. And a guy sat us down and said that no one will take care of your family but you. Mm. And I was a youth pastor at the time. And what he said is he said, the church will love you. But if you left, they'll move on. Mm. You know, and that wasn't being cynical. He wasn't cynical. He was just saying that you've got to be the ones to prioritize your family. And we still do work. We still did work. Mm -hmm. And that's where we don't want to abuse that, where our family becomes our excuse to not do work. Yeah. I think some people have gotten into that zone. But for us, the best advice was to make sure what are we doing to take care of the family while also doing these things, but the priority is the family. And I think yeah. when y'all came, it kind of set our mind in that way to where, okay, uh, Reese, I also have a daughter, Katie, what are we doing 
to connect, to make sure. I don't think we helicopter parented. We didn't want to like be your best friends or anything, but it was just, what are we doing to make sure our family stays close no matter yeah. what's going on in the outside world? That's a really good piece of advice. It was. It was great advice. It was. We were blown away by it. I know. Like, I love what they said. Dang. I'm going to have to write that down. And and I can say from personal experience, y'all did great. Like, the fact that you did prioritize it, I, I wasn't bitter against your work. I mm-hmm. wasn't bitter against ministry or anything like that. Uh, home was a safe place for me. So that was a that's a solid piece of advice. Yeah, that was the best thing I'd gotten. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest one, and I'll probably be brief because this is pretty simple. Be where you're at. Mm. Um, Don't treat your current job as an excuse or just a stepping stone. Yeah, Um, don't Don't make your current job a stepping stone for the future. Really be where you're at because if you give your all to where you're at, you're going to develop the habit that one day when you get to the next thing, Mm -hmm. you're going to still be able to be where you're at. That's good. If you build a habit of always looking forward, you're going to miss out on what is in front of you. And that's whether you have a job that makes you 20,000 a year or you're making six figures. Mm -hmm. So uh, give your best to where you're at was was mine. That's really good. But that's all the time we have for today. Uh, We can't do any more questions, but thank you so much for joining us on the Hey Dad podcast. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And see you next time. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.